Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely place. Most businesses don't even get past the first three years. So in this series, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs that are high performing or high performing businesses that can help you with hints, tips and hacks to help you fast forward your way to success. My name is Mark Burgess. I've got over 20 years experience working as an entrepreneur, building up various different businesses. I've wrote a best-selling book. I speak nationally and internationally at different conferences. And this is Raising Your Game. In this episode of Raising Your Game, I'm going to speak to Andy Harrington. Andy has been on stage with Tony Robbins no less than eight times and counting. He sold his first business for £21 million and he teaches companies how to figure out your why and then how to make money from it. So Andy, thanks very much for coming in. It's a pleasure, thank you. Um, before we start, I usually just ask the guests to give us a little bit of a background on themselves just so if the viewer is not familiar in any way, uh, they can understand what it is you do for people. So are you all right just to do that for us? Yeah, so my business career started back in 1998. I started a recruitment company uh, back when IT recruitment was a big thing. Um, borrowed £10,000 from the Abbey National. Uh, told them I was going to buy a car with it because they wouldn't let me any, well, the business bank wouldn't let me any money, so, uh, but they'd lend me money to buy a, a depreciation asset. So I did that, but didn't use that. I used that as a seed capital uh, to start the business. Um, sold that five years later. It turned over 21 million in the five years we had it. Uh, probably should have kept it because it did well after that as well. But anyway, um, because I went on this mission, I wanted to teach. Um, I've been inspired by people like Tony Robbins, etc. And I thought, you know, I saw some, some, you know, back in the day, there were some property seminars out there with Russ Whitney back in the day. And uh, Darren Winters was doing his stock market education. This is like early 2000s. Um, and I thought, well, could I do something similar for personal development? So that's what I started to do. Um, and over the years, it sort of developed into more than just mindset stuff. It's now more mindset, message, marketing, really. So those are the three areas that we now focus on. Um, wrote a best-selling book, Passion into Profit, which I'm proud of since I didn't pass English <laughs> as an O-level. And, you know, I've had the chance now to travel the world. I get uh, quite a few promoters around the world now have uh, come along now and said, can we promote you? So I... Um, I do events in pretty much all around the English-speaking world, so Australia, South Africa, Dubai, etc. Doing a big tour coming up soon. So yeah, it's fun. I get to speak alongside some amazing people. I spoke alongside Anthony Robbins uh, eight times now in my career, but other you know luminaries as well as Sir Richard Branson and uh, Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, and all those kind of folks as well. So it's pretty cool. And I'm just a regular, ordinary, everyday person, but just the same as you doing and doing now. You know, I like to say to people today, the thing that positions yourself as, a, as an authority is your content. You can't rely on, you know, the image of success now. Actually, the success comes from you serving before you sell. And a serving, obviously, is serving of great ideas and great value that other people can access and begin to implement, inspire and educate them, of course. Uh, and that's what I've been able to do now. And I, I teach people to do that. That's what I do. I teach people how to put their content together. Yeah. Because uh, most people, I think, uh, feel, oh, I haven't got any content, or they got worried I'm going to run out of something to say. But actually, most people have a vast store of content. They just don't know how to access it or extract it, if you like. Mm. Or if they do, they'll have content, but it's a bit random. It's a bit sort of, you know, there's no common thread to it. What I teach people to do is build like a, a solution framework to your ideas so that then your content always at least ties back to some kind of major solution that you're providing people. So therefore, everything is coherent with each other. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Uh, Abbey National, wow, I forgot about the Abbey National. Yeah, <laughs> Santander, yeah. I think they are now, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so would you say then um, that it's important for people to figure out that um, end game, if you like, before they start creating the content, or can they just go out and start creating content before they even know that? The biggest issue I see with people starting out or entrepreneurial people starting out is that they have a, a complete, not complete, it's unfair, often a big lack of focus and a big lack of understanding clarity. What is it I'm going to be doing? You need to know two things. Uh, who do I want to help? As in, what's the group of people that defines my community or the tribe or whatever you want to call it these days? Because you've got to build a community. There's no doubt about it. You know, if you want a long-term business, you've got to build fan base, followers, but it's essentially a community. And you've got to know, okay, why do I want to help those people? Uh, do they have money? Uh, because a lot of people serve people who are hungry and needy but don't have any money, and then they become one of them, so that's not much help. So you've got to, you've got to serve people, but they have to have a need, a problem to be solved, that you are at least interested in solving, if not qualified, because these days you can always figure it out, but ultimately you should actually have some experience in ultimately helping people with what you're helping them with, rather than just reading the book and regurgitating, obviously. Um, so what is it you want to do, as in what problems or problems do you want to focus on solving, and then who specifically has that problem that you want to solve it for? And then once you've figured out what the big problem is you want to solve, You've got to break the big problem down into small problems because any big problem can be subdivided into its smaller subset problems. And then you've got whole lots of streams of content and different solutions that you can provide people. So either you then give them one big global solution that solves all of it for mm -hmm. a big chunk of money or you break it up into smaller pieces and they buy little piecemeal bits along the way or both potentially. Yeah. And that can either be solved with a product or a service. Either it's a do-it-yourself solution where the client has to do the implementation themselves. You provide the information, but not the implementation. That's normally in the form of an information product, as in follow these steps kind of thing, low price. You've got done with you, which is normally you're going to be there with them. But the better model of done with you is teaching people one-to-many rather than one-to-one -one because done with you, one-to-one, -one should be expensive. So the done with you, one-to-many can be a nice intermediate step and the last step is a done for you service where essentially they're buying as you have your software for example that kind of does all the work for them if you will or it's a done for you sit down and we'll customize it for you as in your classic one-to-one -one is a done for you because what comes out your mouth is customized based on what comes out of them it's not a one-size-fits-many solution with done for you it's a one-size-fits-one it's customized to you so most people haven't figured that out they don't know what it is they want to solve. They don't know who they want to solve it for. So they're a bit diluted, yeah. which gives them a feeling of lack of focus. And you know what it's like. If you don't know exactly what your message is, it's diluted, it's all over the place. People don't know what you stand for. And then you can't make a, a name for yourself or you can't build your brand. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a great point. And I think um, a lot of people hit a wall with an overwhelming feeling when they when you break that down in the way that you've done uh, so well there, uh, most businesses, they're just focused on the end result bit. Um, they haven't figured out all those intrinsical parts in between what's the problems, how do we solve it, why is it different to somebody else? How do you help people get past that barrier of 
just the end result. So let's just say, you know, you could say an estate agent just sells houses or a tour operator just sells holidays. Yeah. But that's not really the point, is it? You can't break just that down. You know, you need to dig deeper than that, don't mm. you? So how do, how, do you, how do people get past that if they're thinking, if we took an estate agent who says, well, I just sell houses, mm. how do you break past that into, no, who do you actually do it for? Well, once you're really good at something, you're intrinsically quite good at it, it becomes like a one step for you. As in, it's just an unconscious, I sell houses. But actually, if you dig deeper and look, if you actually begin to model yourself, you'll find out there is, you know, there are more, many more things you're doing that you just take for granted, for example. Um, like playing tennis, for example. You might go, you're a brilliant tennis player, but I just play tennis. But there are many multi things in tennis, as in there's a forehand, a backhand, the smash, the reading, the serve. I mean, there's a multitude of different uh, disciplines, if you will, that if you were going to teach somebody else how to do that, you know, the first thing is you've got to remember what it's like to be a beginner because they might walk up and pick the racket up the wrong way around holding the strings rather than the handle. I know it sounds stupid, but that's irrelevant. Uh, that's the kind of thing, sorry, that, that people do. And you miss those steps. So you have to, be able to break it down simply. But also, that's not just if, that's obviously if you're teaching other people to do the same thing. But it's also important when you're not even teaching somebody to do it, but you want to systemize what you do so you can, can be consistent at it. Because what happens is, in a business, normally somebody starts out, they don't want to scale it, and you've got to employ other people to become like you, and you get frustrated that they can't do it like you. Well, that's your fault, because you haven't broken it down into a framework that makes any person coming in be able to pick it up and do it. So time needs to be invested in creating intellectual property, in effect, which is nothing more than the breaking down value of how you do what you do in the business. Yeah. Um, and you've had Dan Priestley on here, I know, who's big on that as well, about you know, creating and documenting processes. Mm -hmm. But until you model self and actually break it down and go, how do I do what I do? And really think about it. Put the cookie in the kitchen and say, what is the recipe here? And what are the ingredients? And how do I mix those ingredients together in what order and sequence? Only then do you have a methodology that can be replicated and only then begin to scale. Because you can't replicate a model and scale a model that's got holes in it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're small, it's okay that you've got an inefficient process because it's like a, a canoe with a hole in it. You can just fish the water out. It doesn't matter. But now it's the size of the Titanic. That hole's going to sink your boat. Mm. So you've got to have a, a framework or a methodology that's, you know, watertight in effect. Yeah. And then you've got something you can begin to scout and replicate. Otherwise, you scout something bigger with all these bad processes where you're going around the houses and... John in the back here has to do this little process every now and again, which is all fine while it's small, but now it's big, he's, he's overwhelmed, and now you need 20 people to do John's job to fish this water out, yeah. and you can't make any money because 20 Johns you can't afford, if that makes sense. It you've does, got to yeah. systemise it in that way. The second thing you've got to do is not just model self, but go and model excellence, as in go and model somebody else. Otherwise, you might just have your own little cornered view of the world about how to do something. So look, because you know, no doubt there are other people in the world doing what you want to do. If you can begin to model that person, I must say, well, how do I model that person? Read their books, listen, watch, go work for their company if you like and work in that company for a year and figure it all out. You know, if that's what you're starting to do, if you're committed to doing something, go and work for an organization you want to model for six months. You know, and okay, you won't get paid loads of money, but that's not the point, is it? You're there to, to gather information yeah. and to learn how to do from the inside how you do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in fact, we even have something similar when we employ staff. Um, quite often people talk about 
uh, millennials, they're hard to employ and they, they don't stick with jobs and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, we talk about, well, why don't you just look at it like a tour of duty? Why don't you come and work for us and just learn how we do all this stuff? And maybe, yeah, maybe you won't work for us forever. Maybe you will go and be something amazing in the world. But this is just a tour of duty. And you're saying the same sort of thing. You know, go and do a tour of duty in a company that you admire and figure out how they do that stuff and break it down and then replicate your own version of it. Correct, 100%. We're going to need to go to a break soon. Um, but I know that you're also quite big on people seeing their own self-worth and undercharging for what they do and seeing the value in their own, uh, their own abilities. So I want to dig more into that after the break. Uh, for now, we just need to go to the ads. So don't go away. Okay, welcome back. So before the break, uh, me and Andy were just talking about how to break your business down into small pieces, uh, realize what the processes are, and then try to build it out so that it can be replicated without it needing to be all about you. Um, but also, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about, uh, you're, you're big on the idea that a lot of people don't realize their own value. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people don't realise their, their own value because they miss what really is intrinsic value. Because that's what we're really talking about, intrinsic value. People are so fixated on extrinsic value because we look at money, for example, and most people don't have enough, you know, or they, their perception is that they don't. But, but cash, money, whatever it is, that's not really wealth. It's just a symbol of wealth. Um, and I believe true wealth is measured by intrinsic value. And your intrinsic value can only be measured when all symbols of wealth are stripped away. Now, what does that mean? It means if money didn't exist or you didn't have any, if you lost it all, would you still be valuable to other people? Meaning, there's no money exists. Do people still need and want your advice, help, you know, your skills, your talents, whatever? Because you can lose all your extrinsic value at any point, but you cannot lose your intrinsic value. You've got to understand you are of value in of yourself. People downplay and misunderstand the value that they have because they believe that they need to be somebody special, unique, and amazing. And actually, it's more about a couple of things. What have you been through where you've made loads of mistakes that demonstrates that you have, you're someone of resilience, but also you've figured out some answers because of those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And secondly, do you have the kind of enthusiasm and care and love for other people? Because I think people think the currency of business is money. It isn't. The currency of business is love. Mm. It's the, it's, that's the currency of business. If you truly love what you do, we call it passion. Um, if you love the people you work for, when you're resonating at a frequency of love, then you're not really thinking about yourself so much. You're, you're, you're thinking about others and your focus is on them. As soon as the focus is on you, well, you're gonna ultimately question yourself too much. Yeah. You know, anybody who sits there talking to themselves too much will ask themselves bad questions too often. So you have to get outside yourself and realize you're here to serve. You're here to help other people. The more money you make will be reflected by how many people you've helped. Now, obviously, the problem for a lot of people is once they figure that game out and go, okay, I realise I need to help people, and that then becomes their focus, 
they're still not making enough money. And that's because they're not helping enough people. And that's because they're limited in the way that they help people. Because if they have a service where it's delivered on a one-to-one -one basis, well, what's going to happen is you're going to help one person and they're going to pay you back, you know, the, the value on that. That's going to be an even deal. You've helped one person, they've paid you. Well, you've got to consume now what they've paid you because you've got to pay for your cost plus your living expenses. So unless you can help more than one person at a time, you're never, ever going to get beyond an even balanced deal for profit versus cost. Yeah. So you have to either have a product that people consume or work or use that replicates what you do in systemized product format, or you have to find a way of working one-to-many in a group format by delivering workshops, trainings, or whatever advice in that methodology. Um, but most people don't. They have a service which they deliver, normally one-to-one, -one, either them or an employee. And what the challenge is, they can't then create the, the scale that means they'll ever really get beyond it. They, yeah. they just clutch at the first one customer and never actually build a business. Yeah, that's so true. I, I love the idea that currents, that love is the currency. Um, I talk about something similar a lot of the time. Some people get it. Some people think I've completely lost my marbles. Um, but I was talking the other day um, to someone at, at my work about the fact that uh, all that anyone is really looking for is love in all the things that we do. Yeah. So uh, my son, for instance, he's only 10, was telling me, oh, I'm a bit stressed about my French test. And, you know, I was talking to someone about that. I was saying, like, actually being stressed about your French test is being stressed about uh, performing badly and your parents not being proud of you. Like, that's what it is. Everybody in everything you do is just looking to be accepted and to be loved by all of these people. So if you can make that, put that in the DNA of your business, I think you're, you're spot on. Like, that is, that is the currency. How much can you love people in the process of what you do? Yes. I think I'll, I'll expand upon that idea now you've, now you've mentioned it again. It's actually beyond just love. It's actually about something called flow. Love has to flow in order for the exchange to happen. So every business has to have flow within it. So every system in your body, whether it's the circulatory system or uh, your respiratory system or your lymph system, all these systems have to flow. Money has to flow. It's called a currency for a reason. Mm. Everything has to flow. If you hold on to your money, it will erode in value. If you take a deep breath and you hold on to it, you'll die. Um, and if, you're, if your body starts pumping blood around, you're going to die. So everything has to have flow in it. And the most highest vibration of flow is love. And so when you're resonating at that frequency, you've got flow, you've got reciprocation. The more you become fearful, the more you hold back, because fear can be considered maybe the opposite of love, is that when you're fearful, you're going to be constrained and you're going to hold everything in and not flow. And when that happens, you become insular, and, of course, you can't serve in every way you're meant to do. So yeah. that's what happens to economies when they stop because people stop flowing because yeah. they start fearing instead. So it's always about flow. What about for people who feel that, they, they feel that they've got value, uh, they sort of can recognise that maybe they're listening to this and they go, wow, yes, just suddenly dawning on me what my journey's been, what some of my mistakes have been that I've learnt from and where I can bring value to people. I do love to to give love to people, I do love all of that, but they feel like they just, they don't charge enough and, 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 and they wouldn't be able to increase their prices. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people? 
that's fundamentally not down to how good they are or um, you know, what they're offering in value. It's got everything to do with their marketing. Because if you're selling a service to somebody, then a service delivered by you personally should be very expensive. It has to be because it includes the most important thing, which is time. But remember that for somebody to want to work with you and transact with you at the service level, they've got to have crossed a pain threshold that means a problem is urgent, immediate, important, and they're willing to pay a lot of money for it. Now, the chance of you happening across someone who is in that level of pain, they want to solve the problem right now at this moment for a large sum of money, is unlikely. It's very hit and miss. The majority of people are going to be mildly interested or no interested at all. So what you've got to do instead is create something that pulls all those people to you rather than you have to go hunting for them. The answer to that question is exactly what we're doing today is content. Because of the people watching this channel right now, there'll be people that are not interested, mildly interested, a bit more interested and wildly interested. And what's going to happen is at some point they'll cross a pain threshold and say, you know what, I want to do this now. And you're, then will be, you'll be the first top of the mind thinking for them for the solutions that you provide. Yeah. But if you just tried immediately to sell them, bang, software now or no deal, then of course they're going to have to negotiate on price. Yeah. You have to chase them for ages, try to get them to buy. And the trust isn't there yet. And so it's your content that has to go out that will make you position as an authority in their mind, maybe even a micro-celebrity in their mind, such that the moment they are ready to transact, and no doubt they will at some point, they are then ready to transact at a much higher trust-valued price than otherwise would be. So you've got to create the assets. You've got to create some information products, just to give people bite-sized stuff. A book's a great one, but it could, of course, be other stuff as well. This also forms a product-type thing. Um, and maybe some talks that you go out and deliver as well. But you deliver a talk to 100 people, there's 20 people in the audience are going to buy, and they'll pay a high price. Mm. 80 people didn't, they pay you nothing. But if you have to go out one-to-one -one and try to convince 100 people to do it and 20 people buy, that's too much hard work. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's about, um, if I can just kind of summarise that, it's about figuring out the big problem that you solve not just the process, not just selling houses or booking holidays, what's the big problem within that for the beginner right up? So looking at the tennis player, he's got to learn how to serve, he's got to learn how to return, he's got yeah. to learn to backhand. And what's he got forehand. to learn first? If he's coming starting out, what's he got to learn well, he's, first? He's got to know? pick up the racket, he's got to, all of that stuff. Yeah. You break all of that down, you systemize all of that stuff, and then once you can see a clear path and a clear problem that you solve, then you can start layering up your content and then you can allow people to come to you that are very willing to pay the price you're charging to solve the ultimate problem. Correct, because then you can, once you've got it all made up, once you've got your own methodology, you know, you can create solutions at different pricing levels, you know, for people to navigate their way to you. Because ultimately, the, the most expensive thing they should be buying is time with the creator. Yeah. Um, but if you give your time as the creator to every Tom, Dick and Harry... You just completely depositioned yourself in your marketplace. You're spending time with unqualified prospects. You're charging hardly enough money. That affects your mindset about how much you're really worth, and the whole thing starts to fall apart. It's brilliant. Okay, uh, we have to wrap it up. So, um, if there's people watching this that want to connect with you, uh, social media or any other means, what's the best way for people? Yeah, to do? just well, just search for my name, Andy Harrington. They can find it there. Uh, Amazon has my book, uh, Passion into Profit. Yeah. 
Uh, we run a sort of multi-speaker event, uh, which is very transformational for people, called Power to Achieve. So they could just type that in and they could find us there. Uh, yeah, so any one of those channels would probably go well. Awesome. Brilliant. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate Cheers. it.